And welcome to a special edition of the Race Department podcast. Special because we're delving into the SRO esports. Now, Paul Jeffrey is alongside me with David Day here from uh, Kunos. And Paul's been on previous podcasts where we have talked about the SRO in uh, every so often, and we've talked about ACC. So we thought it'd be a time to get together with David Day and talk about SRO um, and just hear from the guys from Kuna. So welcome, Davide. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you guys for inviting. First no, no, more, more than welcome. Thanks for finding your time in what I can imagine is a very, very busy diary, um, especially with SRO. Uh, Mr. Jeffrey, thank you for joining us as always. As always, a pleasure, my friend. Welcome and uh, thank you. And hello, Davide. Thanks for coming along, mate. Hi, mate. How are you? Oh, I am very good. Uh, as how was he, loved, he loved... Um, <laughs> Uh, the last the last event he just hasn't stopped banging on about it to be honest. Yeah. it does feel a little bit different I've got to admit to be sat behind my computer in a freezing cold throwing it down in rain UK rather than being under the glorious sunshine skies of Paul Ricard so uh, not quite as glamorous but glad to be here but at least you can sit right at least you can sit yeah. down <laughs> yeah what is that that why is there no seats in France that's the big the burning question I want to ask you there were no seats Anywhere at Paul Ricard, apart from the cafe outside, where you had to buy massively overpriced beverage in order to sit down. What's that all about? I think it's all about fitness, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you've seen me. Fitness does not fall into my equation. No, no I, 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 I talk about the gym with Paul, but he just don't have it. He doesn't think they exist. I just think it's some bloke called Jim that you talk about a lot, that you like to stretch with. <laughs> so... um. Every day, um, ACC is now version one, and uh, along with that, has prior to that was the launch of the SRO esports, which race department are very heavily involved in with Paul and Chris Hay and Bram and um, and everybody else. Um, I guess for me, I'd like to kind of understand what sowed the seed and 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 who got this off the ground and who had the idea. Well, this is a long story, but I, I think it's also, you know, way too much fun not to describe. So I think it's, it's you know, the, the right place to, to talk and, and smile like we were in, in the front of a coffee and, and we can describe it all. Because, you know, people outside can see something like the SRO GT, eSport GT series and, and imagine, uh, you know, the organization and the scheduling and everything. The problem is that, uh, you know, guys, that uh, here at Kunos we are uh, kind of a small and very much dedicated team. Uh, so um, we all work passionately and uh, actively to to do a game that is absolutely uh, out of the borders of reasonable working. So we yeah. do something like work yourself hours to the bone, day. right? For the for the passion, yeah. right? I, I mean, I met you guys. I mean, I met some you and some of the team. Um, in uh, at the Simracing Expo last year, and that came across that passion that you have for sim racing. In yeah, fact, that's not right. To, that's the all. fear of interrupting Davide, I've just got to add this in real, real quick. The first time I met Davide was at the Expo last year, and I just I distinctly remember 
because Marco was there as well. And obviously Marco at that point was very much the uh, the face of Kunos. Agreed, and, yeah. And I remember Davide bouncing up to me. He's got his rucksack on his bike and his Kunos shirt on. I went, dude, have you, seen the, have you seen the forums? Somebody's looking at the picture, got his phone out and went, it looks just like real life. How cool is that? And the excitement <laughs> and the enthusiasm that you had, man, it was just... I smiled to myself afterwards. We got the food and everything and thought... That's a guy who loves what he does and is proud of what you've done as well. And I thought that were really, really cool as a first introduction to, uh, to Kunos and uh, us and the community. I thought that were brilliant to see the enthusiasm. Yeah, thank you. It's always, you know, a good measure to see that uh, actually it, it is something that is not its outside because uh, what we actually do, the dedication, you need to do something so specific and, and, and precise like a racing car and dedicate your your entire uh, you know working week and and also over to make it just perfect and to evolve uh, the virtual uh, counterpart of of this racing that we all love uh, you know it's something that needs dedication and uh, I'm not a special one uh, we are just you know uh, almost all like that in uh, in Kunos and there is guys that is uh, you know working passionately for liveries other for the code and others like myself that that will try to expose the product to something uh, to something higher than than just the steam page um, and and so you know it's it's the same for all of us a lot of dedication a lot of work and a lot of um, you know reward feeling when when the game is out and when people start talking about that in a good and in a bad way because that helps uh, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I mean I'm sure we'll talk about some of the negative that yeah, we we'll take games. the time. I mean, you'll, uh, you'll always get it, though, won't you? It doesn't matter what you do. You could, you could build the best game ever, um, but you'll always get those people that you know have well, something to say uh, on that. Welcome to life, because yes. <laughs> otherwise, you know, people say, "Oh, making video games is one of the best job in the world." It's true, but like any other job, uh, I, you know, the more it is wonderful, the more the negative effects can really destroy you and you must be, uh, you know, a, a person that has a great quantity of equilibrium inside certain times because uh, when you think about the negativity that can be created around something like a video game, it's something terrible, you know. But at the end, if you if you can measure it very well and face it and use it the right way, it's just, you know, pure gasoline. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine there's euphoria, but there's also, you know, sometimes trepidation when you release something um, to see how the community receives it. And I yeah. think that's quite unique to the game industry, isn't it? Because it, people are so passionate, the consumer is so passionate, in sim racing in particular, people have got very strong ideas of what they want and what they deem to be uh, suitable for their tastes. So they're really invested in the product and... You get people who are passionately, strongly yeah. for the product and love it, and it's exactly what they want. They definitely, like me, I want a uh, a dedicated series sim that assimilates all the different parts of it. And then other people want the AC1 style where you can have mods and you cover a wide range of different products. So it is interesting to see how vocal or not the community can be on that one. And I can imagine it's quite it's quite difficult as Kunos to to tally the negative and the positive together when you've put so much of yourself and so much emotion into the product? Uh, you have to manage it uh, because um, 
you know, video game development is something weird under some aspect because uh, if you develop a shoe, uh, you you will obviously you know spend your time, your passion, etc., and then you will you will try to to call some model or or a, maybe a sports guy that can test the shoe very well. And once the feedback is good, you just need basically the product to be closed and maybe a testimonial. And and then here you go. You know, if the material of the shoe is good, if, if the yeah. shoe is comfortable, you're okay. Um, gaming is all on another planet. And I think that sim racing is even on another universe because just <laughs> try to imagine what would happen if a sim racing studio like, like ours would simply start and act like in sports game, you know? I'm not talking about, um, let's say, um, sim arcade or sim racing or arcade, call, you, call it how you want. I'm not talking about games referred to racing series. I'm talking about sports, so football, um, you know, with basically maybe 0.5% uh, technologic development from one year to the other, but a game that is costing every time 70 euros. Yes. How, how do you feel like, you know, uh, what, what do you expect from people? <laughs> Imagine that situation in sim racing. We, we would be deaf. So from that, I get that sim racing are not, uh, sim racing products are not obviously normal video games. Yeah, but also people have different experiences, different hardware. So, yeah, yeah. you know, so, you know, trying to cater for you know, for different opinions, because we've talked about this in some of the podcasts. I've never, you know, I've never really raced in real life. I've done go-karting, which, you know, um, mm -hmm. and like Paul really wants a motion rig because he wants to replicate that movement in the bum as where some people have only ever really raced sim racing, so they feel it through the wheel. Um, and Joseph was talking about that a, a few weeks ago. And so depending on people's experiences, also expectations and their hardware, it's going to be different for everybody. And I guess from, um, I've never developed a sim racing game, but it must be hard kind of weeding through the negativity, trying to find the positivity sometimes, but also understand what's just someone being overcritical and, uh, you know, um, and unrealistic to someone that's actually making a fair point And actually that's real good feedback. So it's got to be a difficult line to find. Yeah, but it's not, you know, uh, it's also about being very um, expertise in managing that feedback. Because um, if I buy a product and uh, I start using that, uh, as soon as I have a problem, I can go somewhere and complain. Once I'm happy with that, um, I can be part of the, let's say, sim racing niche, you know, the the very special one, like the one from race department and all the rest of communities around. And so I will express uh, my positiveness about the game. But if I'm a, I'm a normal customer, I will complain about something. And then when, is, when that is fixed, I will never go back and leave, you know, a positive review or a positive no, comment. Oh, no. they fix it. You know, it's just throwing an idea on the web. So yeah. I always, you know, in my job, I always try to filter very well uh, the feelings from a product uh, and, and from people to try to understand their actual, you know, daily yeah. feeling. So are they complaining, but then are they playing the game? Or do they just want me to uh, make 
them feel a bit more confident on the product right, or yeah. they simply hate us. So it's, it's a range <laughs> yeah. it's of a feedback. It's a thin line, isn't it? It's a very thin line. Yeah. It's totally encrypted. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. And the thing is as well, like I, I work in customer service. So, you know, great. all I generally deal with is customer complaints. Yeah. You know, like I deal with, you know, I work for an internet service provider and we do certain telecommunications stuff. And when I hear from customers, but it's also great to when you get positive feedback, which isn't very rare. So yeah. when, I, when I have an experience that's good and above and beyond what I expect as a customer, I will now pay that person a compliment. Um, whether that be via like a direct message via Twitter or whatever. So it gets back to that individual. You know, I was really happy and impressed. The problem was, is I went back to a certain store where I gave someone feedback when I was choosing new glasses and the guy was in there and he got told that I gave him and he was like, oh my God, look after him. He gave really good feedback. I don't want the attention on me. I just want to give you good feedback because we are so focused on being negativity. And sometimes I think it must be hard as a developer because there aren't many people with that mindset. It's that, human nature, isn't it? Yeah, we, we, go is for the, we go for the negative a lot, don't we? And it's really odd. And I just wish people would be a little bit more complimentary to whoever it is, whether it be the person that serves you a coffee in the morning or to whoever someone to design a game that you absolutely that you love. You know, tell them. Yeah. Be vocal you, you if know, you love it. Don't tell, you know, use that as an opportunity to say thank you. Yeah, and uh, but but you know you you can you can obviously develop some uh, <laughs> counter weapons to that. Like yeah, uh, when I read some comments, I perfectly imagine uh, some people complaining like I killed you know a relative. Um, but <laughs> on the other side, I perfectly expect them and and you know imagine them like writing that thing on the internet and then turning on their on their back and saying. Uh, hey wife, did you prefer the coffee? Is it ready? You know, like ter- uh, going back to super normal problems. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you wait it um, pretty well, uh, and obviously at Kunos we we have to do it, uh, to do that. Um, we just uh, focus on you know what we did wrong and what we would really like to improve on our yeah. side. For ourselves, because yes, uh, we think to ourselves in a in a first place, but not regarding revenues on, on the game. Remember that we are um, uh, few people, but we are all sim racers. So yeah. we build the products that we like, and obviously um, we uh, we work together with the community uh, to to get that feedback to make something reasonably better. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess we kind of got on a tangent there because my original question was... Yeah, we completely not let's skip the question. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. no, gossip sorry. is always and that's wonderful. absolutely fine. I don't, it doesn't, doesn't, that doesn't bother me. But So I guess I could actually probably go further back actually to the past. Why, why Blank Pan? Oh, well, uh, this is a story that can be well, uh, you know, told by by Marco and Stefan also our co-founder our founder and co-founder uh, basically because um, the the Assetto Corsa um, IP on on both PC and and console went very straightforward to mm-hmm. bring back people to let's say real racing on on all platforms like you know enjoying the feeling that a virtual uh, experience can give you while driving and um, obviously, leagues and communities built up 
And what we noticed uh, when when asking to uh, the community what was the kind of cars that they they wanted more in the game, uh, GT3 were were always winning. Okay, hands down because. Compared to formula, uh, to open wheelers, let's say, um, they are, you know, a bit more flexible because on certain circuits there, they, they give you a, a tremendous sense of speed. On other yeah. ones, they are much more, you know, manageable. If you're a fast guy, you can be the one that is never, you know, gotten from the others. If you are a slow guy, you can learn with, with a good curve compared to, to, to an open-wheeler. So it's something making people generally happy when they drive, both fast and a bit less fast. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, Marco is, is very good in, in uh, looking for the right uh, spots uh, within the community. Uh, Stefano is uh, obviously the same, uh, but they started talking with, with SRO uh, that was, you know, missing from the scenes uh, from ages. And uh, in terms of virtual presence, obviously. And, and they were, you know, impressed by AC1 and, uh, and also glad to be contacted from, from Kunos. And these just, you know, started a good love. And uh, as Paul can, can witness, uh, I think absolutely, there is a wonderful, uh, f- you know, partnership and, and feel, daily feeling with SRO. When going to the track, they support us, they... They love the product. They have a lot of drivers that are pushing us to the limit because you can't imagine how much the game was was expected from the drivers first. Mm-hmm. You mean they the drivers, were, the teams? Know, yeah, I mean, I mean the drivers first. Then the drivers pushed uh, on the teams because they wanted to have this tool to improve. Uh, you know, right? Their skills okay, they and, want to use it as a simulator to practice for the event. Yeah, we were kind of amazed from the fact that uh, at Spa. Uh, the people that were, you know, pushing the most on on our release were not standard customers or sim racers, but were people like Romain Monti, like David Perel, etc., giving, you know, huge quantity of of feedback on the audio, on 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 handling, um, on track references, because these guys are doing are are doing basically long stints, uh, also during the night. Uh, in difficult, you know, body conditions, and they need tools, okay? Uh, David Perel in Spa uh, told me that uh, the, the kind of training he did uh, with, with AC1 uh, to prepare night stints for the real 24 hours Spa was actually um, going to bed at 9, waking up at 2 a.m., having a bit of breakfast, a bit of exercise, like stretching and all, mm-hmm. and then started playing uh, a one hour and a half stint on Assetto Corsa, and then wow. going back to sleep for three hours, and then going back to the simulator. So this is David Perel, right? Yeah, David Perel. Yeah, the, the mm. South African driver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, have, actually, you, have you seen the video he released the other day? Yeah, yeah. I saw talking about, you know, the overtake yeah. that uh, he managed uh, through. Yeah, and then when know, he mentioned like at the start where he was like, I, you know, I expected this car to make this lunge because yeah. I've experienced that in sim racing. I mean, it was just, I haven't watched all of it, but even the first few minutes were like a huge insight. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Really good stuff. Yeah, and uh, obviously together with him, also the others, uh, you know, Im- imagine you can go to Misano race uh, in late June and... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, actually, the night before, you can have your team transporting your simulator uh, together with them, and yeah. uh, you 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 discover that it's going to rain 
the day after. And you have a tool like ACC, which you have your car with rain in Misano, and you can you can practice for that. Uh, you know, that that's the kind of feedback that pushed us to do rain just like, you know, not a, a grip multiplier or demultiplier, but actually a layer of water that we simulate. We simulate <laughs> the water that is draining through yeah. the tire and, and all the rest. So yeah, I, that, I dare try that yet because I think I'll just end up in the wall. But um, <laughs> yeah. And I saw a clip of someone over day like uploaded um, onto Reddit, I think it was, um, a clip of a car properly aquaplaning. And it was just, uh, the detail just un- unbelievable. Yeah. So, oh, and let me spend one yeah. word on, on this because uh, I think that it's kind of legit that people think that this kind of relationship with the drivers is pure marketing, you know, right. testimonials yeah. Yeah. and that. But, you know, uh, it, uh, there is, I, I think it's kind of a waste of time, but I want to say it. It's not true because we can't spend money on this sort of thing. Uh, it's just, you know, we are being a tool and our secondary business is making professional simulators. Uh, so also for big uh, realities in, mm-hmm. in the world of car manufacturing. And, uh, you know, I have a video <laughs> of David Perel from Porricard that wanted uh, a vlog uh, recorded from my phone to be sent to the team to congratulate for the launch, for the amazing job. So, and the, we will never use it. Um, yeah, I use that right now in this podcast, but I think it's it's in the right family to be shared as an info. Yeah. But, you know, we have this kind of relationship with with drivers, uh, with, with a build coming out and, and these guys calling uh, our audio guy or our handling guy, giving suggestions, etc. So, this is what, you know, is pushing us to do uh, also in periods like this, something like 16 hours a day why, without why, why would you not put that out there? Why? What makes you think about not doing that? I'm just curious. This is an input from, from our founders. I mean, okay. not an input, you know, just like a team order. It's right, more okay. like an imprinting they want to give us um, because uh, they, can I say, a, you know, a French word? <laughs> they hate bullshit. I mean... <laughs> Uh, they, we'll edit that out, but that's fine. <laughs> y- yeah, they they hate, um, you know, people spending hours on talking and talking and promising and yeah. doing nothing. Uh, we come from, you know, I, I, I come from a big uh, motorsport company. They come from uh, the most different realities I've ever seen in a, in a company. So there is literally people doing a job that, you wouldn't expect because before they were doing other things that are completely different. And um, we all respect the fact that we have this kind of huge luck uh, to, you know, receive revenues to do something in which we are very skilled and that we damn love. Mm -hmm. And um, we love it so much that... You know, we we this kind of feedback from drivers, etc., is also precious for us. It's something that we want to keep for us. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. Okay, keep it personal. Yeah, yeah, I get because that. at the yeah. at the end, uh, you will always find people, you know, with your game on on the on, on the Steam platform complaining about force feedback, and that you know, if, I I think that I don't want to be critical. I mean, maybe some of them is is totally right, but you know, I I'm I would be so much curious to to be in their rig and see how they set for feedback. Because on the other side, I have David Perel calling me 
to all guys, the ABS um, by, uh, feedback on the wheel and the curb uh, feeling that I have on, in that track is exactly the same I felt last week. And this is kind of impressive. Never felt it. But this is not something, we will not create a video around it because you will have to spend the money to create the video, <laughs> the money for traveling. And then people will still say, oh, the guy is selling, he's saying like yeah, that he's because he's paid. Yeah, he's being paid to say that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know yeah. what, though? Yeah. I guess you'll never that- win. Exactly like true. exactly like we are supposed to pay, you know, raise the department to come for the SRO is positive serious, but you know, the story is a bit different. Oh yeah, I mean you should yeah. I mean some I mean we I mean we have to, I mean we have talked about SRO quite a bit for obvious reasons. And we've also discussed ACC, you know, for obvious reasons as well. But people seem to think that we're scared also to to talk about the not so great things about the game. When, well, according when to the occur, comments, we're we've not. been bought we, out. We're Kunos Department now because we're doing one series. <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah, but we're not. You know, it's I'm quite happy though. to ask the you know the yeah. awkward questions if they need to be asked. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's a passion project. You know, the, the same the as forum post. Yeah, in the in the forum post regarding all of this, I I exp- explicitly wrote that uh, <laughs> I, I I will ask always to Paul Bram and you guys to write the most negative facts on our games as soon as they are reasonable because we really need it we are yeah. you know we we can't um uh we we can't act like we are you know 900 people and we uh, we, we we have you know the power to ignore other people this is pure you know fantasy reality is that kuno simulation and the corsa now are a reference brand from for sim racing and for racing games that's true we have a, a, a very big and high-quality company uh, helping us on publishing like 505 games, but the story is still the same. We are a passionate development team that also reads forum to get feedback. So, And I think the I, day I don't that why. you don't read that feedback and the day you don't acknowledge it and learn and improve yeah. from it is the day that the product starts to suffer. Right. Uh, and I think that shows through, actually, to go back to what you were saying earlier about being not wanting to promote these marketing videos. I think the community respond to that really well because the, the, the talking's done in the sim. Yeah. So I, I personally am also very much averse to the BS. I don't like these fake videos where Racing Driver X says, I've used, this, I've used the product Y to become a faster driver and all that stuff. It, it screams of just marketing. And I think the proof is always best when you go out on circuit, you drive it for yourself and you take your own impressions away. And then you can talk openly and frankly in the community and developers, I mean, Stefano obviously has been very very vocal uh, in the community in the past. It's nice when you can talk to the developers and get an honest answer uh, about what your concerns might be. So that's really cool. But uh, going on to talking about driver engagement, we obviously had uh, Raffaele Marcello, uh, who's a double Blank Pan GT Series champion, come do some racing this weekend, David A, with us as well, didn't we? That was quite cool. Yeah, that was kind of, of lovely. And, you know, when you have this kind of relationship with drivers, you can invent things that um, you know, are not quite usual. Obviously, let me, let me drop a word on the fact that uh, this is possible also because uh, this is Blank Pan. Uh, and, you know, so uh, people like uh, Raffaele or uh, like uh, Romain Monti that did uh, a video uh, together with us, you know, showing his uh, fast lap time and uh, while he was in a, in a, in a Paris uh, Lamborghini showroom, etc. It was obviously, you know, organized together, but it was pure 
equal collaboration in the fact that these drivers needs, need vis visibility because the series is important, is growing every year. Uh, the reach, uh, the, the media reach they have worldwide is, is turning a bit, you know, impressive in the last years. Uh, they had a gain of uh, 600% public in the last seven years. So wow, they're wow, working wow, very, very well. Um, I, I think the reach uh, they're they are getting worldwide is something like 30 million people. So, uh, you know, Asia is great for GT racing. And these drivers really need to to develop their career and imagine yourself finding in the situation where you are not in Formula One, so you're not, let's say, popular to the to the entire world. And here it, here it goes. They do a video game of the series you are racing in that is basically distributed to, to the world. Uh, you know, can you imagine that kind of feeling? You are in a video <laughs> yeah. game from tomorrow. Um, yeah, so, that must be quite a buzz. Yeah. yeah, these guys are simply excited. They they love to do videos and social media activations yeah. with us in, in a pure, equal and innocent way because, yeah. you know, it's just good for both. Yeah, they get a buzz from it, right? So who wouldn't? If you were in a computer game tomorrow, you'd get a buzz from it. Yeah. They're nice guys as well. I mean, I've talked to a few of the Blank Pan guys now uh, doing Paul Ricard and Monza and they're just nice, normal guys that have gone doing something they love, hopefully getting paid uh, reasonably well for it. And they just, like Raffaele, just wanted to come along and do a race because he had some free time and the yeah. rigs were there. So why not? <laughs> and you know, Paul, you are talking about guys that are uh, pretty young, but yeah. on the other side, they are factory drivers. Uh, so these drivers are developing the fastest cars in the world. And they just you know, come with us regularly with with, yeah. with you, with me, with the other guys from, from the esports, um, let's say, circus, and they just have fun because they love driving and both in reality and in virtual. Yeah, and, and you're seeing more see. and more drivers now like Lando Norris, um, uh, Max Verstappen in Formula One. Yeah, I've you met know? I've met Lando, uh, great yeah, guy. Yeah, and... Um, you know, they both race, um, do sim racing, you know, so it's becoming more common as a way to practice for, and the fact, like you say, you know, like these guys now have a game where they can practice their own series is um, going to be a huge benefit to them. Yeah. And, I, uh, oh, sorry, Paul, go, go on, on no, no, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, and when you've got like things like the SRO eSport GT series, so it's like organized online racing in a, in a clean environment and a really high level of skill, it impressed me to see Raffaele turn up and then finish fourth in his first race, cold, off the bat. That must be quite a satisfying feeling, Davide, to know that he's transferring his skills from the real world into the sim and it's allowing him to be safe and fast and clean and competitive straight away. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, I don't think there is a music game in which you can put a, a great musician like yeah. you know anyone that can invent pure music from from second one. And uh, actually, you know, um, we had we 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 received these drivers many times at our booths uh, promoting ACC like Spa, like Misano last year. Um, obviously, Paul Ricard, and uh, also our guy from 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 the rating system, uh, so Kevin, uh, was impressed because obviously, you know, uh, this guy Kevin in our in our studio is developing some, something like you know a huge algorithm 
or a group of algorithms that are studying how you drive into ACC. And how you drive means that uh, he's getting data from the car, so slip angle, steer angle, brake, and, and throttle input. And, uh, and obviously from your maneuvers, from your lap times, from your you know, stats uh, in the special events. And uh, during development, we had a string of um, something like 12 numbers that were in, <coughs> in, the, sorry, in the bottom right corner of the screen. And uh, within these numbers, uh, obviously he was a developer, so he was able to see <coughs> what the driver was doing. Yeah. He was literally impressed by two people, by Enzo Bonito and by Mirko Bortolotti. Uh, Enzo is recognized as uh, one of the best sim racing in the world, and we have, we have quite, you know, um, more, but, but Enzo is, is, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. is obviously a good one. And Mirko won the Blank Pen GT Series and uh, he's recognized as one of the best talents out there. He was at the Ferrari Driver Academy. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it is known. And watching Kevin, that was totally impressed by those numbers, you know, meant to me everything. You know, we are connecting the real and the virtual, finally. And that's that's the thing, isn't it? And that's made stronger now I think by the eSport GT series which I just want to come on to for a moment uh, to kind of follow on from Paul's original question uh, why why have you decided now to uh, go down a, a very large scale <laughs> uh, for the first time eSport series with ACC what's the uh, thinking behind that what are you what are you hoping to achieve from this first season? Yeah, and I was going to ask, was it was it always planned when you signed the deal to do Blank Pan or was it kind of a, with everything going on with F1 esports and all other esports out there now, was it kind of added, bolted on to the, to the idea? Let me say that, uh, first of all, with uh, SRO eSports GT Series, I risked uh, my job in Kunos because... <laughs> Uh, that's the fact. Um, you know, it is quite risky to go over an esports series with a game that you are releasing the same year because of stability, because of you don't know how people will react, etc. Yeah, of course. But I came from, uh, you know, it's not a secret. My my last comp- my previous company was a, a big motorsport name uh, in motorsport equipment and. Um, I worked in R&D and I developed a gaming program for, for that company, that is uh, Sparco. Um, and uh, I engaged uh, some relationships with, you know, the, the, the most important realities of eSports. Uh, I had time to notice, uh, to create working relationships, etc. And uh, when I saw the game the first time, uh, it was uh, before basically jumping on, on Kuno's boat, um, it was uh, February, no, sorry, March uh, 2018, and I saw the game in, in an alpha stage for the first time. And I said, okay, we, we have to do it. Uh, I mean, if I jump in uh, together with the other things that, that I, will, I will do inside, inside the company, we, will, we, we need to work on this as soon as possible because people will see something different, you know? Yeah. Uh, Obviously, we started organizing that with, with SRO. It was not perfectly designed from the beginning. Uh, it, obviously, there was the possibility, but 
both, uh, you know, Marco and, and SRO uh, evaluated that the best idea was going out with esports from uh, 2020 with the game stay in a stable shape. Then we saw, you know, we noticed, we simply noticed the game developing and improving and getting better and better. And uh, a lot of people and companies like Pirelli were uh, both impressed from the game and also interested into the esports activity. Uh, I have a working relationship with uh, AK Informatica, the, the great Alessio from something like 15 years. Uh, and... Uh, we uh, ended up betting on that and saying, okay, we will do it this year. And so you can believe it or not, basically everything was dropped down, secured and planned in something like two months and a half before wow. Monza. Wow, Before you announced it? Yeah, so... Uh, that's that's you can, madness. Yeah, that's madness. In fact, uh, my first call with Bram uh, has been, uh, I think, in the last, week of February this year. And when I told him, you know, you have to be in because I, I want, you know, the community to join us during this. And the community for me was race department because you are guys, you know, that absolute reference when it comes to uh, sim racing hubs and, and ah, communities. Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, I used to, uh, to be on your website, you know, since ages, uh, Literally, also, if you don't know me, with a, with another nickname that I will never tell. <laughs> <laughs> a wise move, sir, a wise the, move. The, the whole story We all know it was Shirley, but anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact is that I started talking with Bram, and this is inter I think that pe we must be transparent, you know, because people is interested into knowing uh, how everything is set up. I want yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I want to inspire... We can, we, can, we can sit here for hours if you want. I mean, yeah. I will need, I will I need mean, to pop to the restroom, as you put it, but, yeah, uh, I, at some point. But uh, I, I mean, yeah, well, I, I'm happy. I just want to inspire other people in believing in, in sim racing and doing yeah. you know, everything they, they can do to improve it because that's what I did for all my studying and working life. So, uh, And, you know, I, I first talked with Bram and he told me, Okay, so he started asking me if there were, uh, if there was any activity uh, about you know SRO and esport plan for for 2019, and I said, okay, can you sign an NDA? <laughs> <laughs> but which is a good sign at first, but, yeah, isn't it? If but, you sign but, an NDA. but please be quick because I have no time. Um, so we started talking, and I told him, Bram, let's be honest, uh, <laughs> we have no budget. Uh, we have a lot of ideas and we have no time. Yeah. Uh, so we must study some kind of collaboration that is, you know, helping yourself as, as a race department to uh, try to collect more and more people online to to go on on, on your on your website platforms and, and services. On the other side, obviously, it would be helpful for the series to have an, as an official media partner, race department that is the absolute authority in in sim racing. So, what do you think about that? And his answer was something like, hell yeah, I want to do this thing. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, it has been kind of, of a, let's say, fast um, and, and slow at the same would time. You say, would you describe it as an organized mess? Yes, exactly. Yeah. An organized, a totally organized, organized mess. Organized yes. chaos, organized mess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, again, it is incredible how people from different countries with different stories, with different ages, with, with a passion can yeah. jump on a conclusion. Because 
when I met uh, RD guys, so uh, Bram, Paul, uh, and also Chris now that is part of the of the family, I would say Paul. Uh, when I first met them at Monza and I saw their faces and I was looking at the uh, <laughs> arena coming up uh, from from nothing, I thought, you know, inside my mind, we did it. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for the pint tonight, but. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, it's kind of surprising how people with with a shared passion can can do enormous okay. things. The arena. Yeah. Is Be honest now. How how stressful was Paul Jeffrey getting? How how stressed was he getting? I don't do stress. Mom. Zero. I'm all good. Zero. Zero. All really? Good. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe it. Obviously, you know, uh, Bram was a bit nervous, but yeah. I think it's kind of normal because. Uh, he had expectation over this, and honestly, he's giving yeah. us uh, tremendously pech, um, pre uh, precious and and you know uh, feedback yeah. uh, because he's always with with tension over nine thousand, and because he ha he is a very focused guy, um, he knows what he's doing, he knows what he's talking about, and and so. Um, when he's smiling, and at Monza he was smiling a lot, you can be sure that he's kind of yeah. much happy. You know? <laughs> and I think the thing is, we all want to deliver so much. The potential for the series, for sim racing, for esports in its entirety is so huge. It's just wanting to grab everything and do it all perfectly first time, which but is you just can't. not it's possible. It's just unachievable, yeah. though, isn't it? It's not possible. No. It's the first time that we're all doing this. It's a, As you say, it's a product that at, at Monza wasn't even at version one status. So it's so exciting from my point of view. I've loved it. I mean, Alessio with the AK team, the job they do setting those arenas up, absolutely phenomenal. We went to Monza and I thought, no, you're not going to get better than this. This is brilliant. And then we turn up at Paul Ricard and it's just as good in an entirely different setting. And I think, Davide, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here, it's really interesting to uh, put sim racing and eSport on site into the real blurring between real and virtual, putting it into the actual motor race event where the real thing's happening. To do that, to see the guys traveling to these different countries and the 12 different rigs set up and the spectators watching around the outside and the guys and girls watching the live stream at home, that's really quite humbling how that's all been achieved so quickly in such a short space of time and delivered so well, apart from somebody unplugging the rigs halfway through a race. <laughs> and the power, yeah. yeah. Hey-ho, we'll not yeah. worry about that too much. These, these ah. things happen though, right? Damn. Yeah, obviously, but... Let me drop a word also for sim racers uh, and people that joined the competition on site. Yes. I'm not telling that these guys are more special than people at home because, you know, coming at, a, at an event is something very, you know, expensive. It's an effort. You have to take your time and invest it on, on something you, mm -hmm. you are not going to win for the most of the time. And uh, But let me say that these guys are amazing. They are smiling for every problem. We had a huge problem in Porricard that was basically a, a power line that was disconnected from one of the, uh, of the let's say, uh, circuit security because they had to shut down the lights of the boutique. The problem is that the power was connected right in that boutique. So six simulators just shut down during one of the semifinals. And... Uh, they all accepted the restart of the race with no problem. They were smiling. Also the pole position guys. You know, we have been helped by these guys. And do you know why they help us? Because we are not setting up 
another gaming arena in which we try to squeeze money out of the box and exactly uh, we are just putting people in the in the center of a city where they have to take a bus to take to um, come come with with the with the tube to um to 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 the match and then go back home we mm. are giving them an experience in a yes. circuit yeah. we are giving them the pass for the paddock uh, we are bringing them into the boxes uh, with the teams uh, in Monza, Aristoteles, uh, you know, our handling guy, uh, was super because he brought some drivers to the BMW team from Turkey. Uh, they they race in GT4. And uh, he allowed some some sim racers to sit on a real GT3 car. Nice. Those, oh, GT4 car. These guys were amazed. So yeah. when you create this kind of atmosphere, you have no fear because basically in just two rounds, we turned into a family with these guys. Everyone's Christmas came early, right? You know, yes. that's the thing. It's like, I, um, I was lucky enough to go to like a Dutch, I think it was like a Dutch um, GT car event at Brands Hatch. Um, and it was a hospitality thing. It wasn't, a, wasn't like a huge event, but, you know, I got to sit in the car and, you know, and just get in and out, um, which was harder than, than, than you think. Um, but yeah, it just made my day. So I can imagine that... Um, that, that it would theirs as well. Um, question for you. So one of the criticisms I think of SRO has been from a few people is about the flying to the events and things like that. What would, what would you say to those criticisms? Well, um, I would say that uh, obviously, you know, in life when you have a passion, uh, sometimes it, it also drains some money. Uh, I remember I was a, an RC car, you know, a radio-controlled car um, driver. Yeah. Uh, I used to drive Nitro buggies, uh, one to eighth scale. Uh, I I stopped because uh, I was finishing money every time. Uh, I was playing basketball and I spent three hundred euros a year just for subscribing to the to the to the to the team, and then I had to travel every weekend for matches. Uh, for my trainings, for, uh, you know, summer camps. Mm -hmm. When you do something, there is some point in which you can decide if you want to do it seriously or not. Yeah. Uh, that is not, you know, a kind of a criticism because I respect people that have 10,000 euros rigs at home and they never get, get out from their home because at the end, it's their space, it's their right to practice it how they want. But we are facing with guys that want, want to compete. If you want yeah. to compete at a certain level, you have to do it face-to-face -face and you have to travel, you have to make experience and uh, you have to fly. Uh, we are a, a very lucky generation because I remember my parents struggling to get in vacation because of the flight costs. We are a generation in which, you know, I'm 30 years old and I can book a flight tonight for Barcelona. I'm from Turin, Italy. I can book a flight from Bar for Barcelona at 20 euros for tomorrow and come back home in two hours. So what are we talking about? You know, I just ask you to pay your ticket, pay your sleeping to come and try to compete and have fun. I'm inviting you to a party. Yeah. And, <laughs> and key, obviously yeah. you just yeah. have to come. You just have to come and do something that you would do in another weekend, spending yeah. money for yeah. fuel for the car and for your sandwiches for... Um, you know the 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 picnic at the lake. You you will spend sixty bucks easily. I'm asking to spend 
300 bucks yeah, for a weekend. Right, nothing's cheap anymore. I mean, I just no. went, I went, I mean, I, if I buy a couple of beers, that's 10 pounds, that's about 10 yeah, euros. Yeah, so, so you know, and, and you know what, you know what, the nice thing is that this whole experience is not costing any subscription, is yeah. not costing anything to you. I, uh, we are giving 12 simulators with a value of 6,000 euros each, people, for free, you know. Well, you, they um, could take them home, you mean? Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they do, then I need to renegotiate you, and that's not <laughs> yeah. that, that's not cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, as part of the RD package, you've ended with Paul Jeffrey here. But that's um, not a bad consolation. Apologies price. about that with his '90s haircut. Sorry, Lego haircut. Sorry, what's no, this? Um, so, David, you're two rounds in, right? If I was to ask you to rate the experience out of ten so far, what where would you rate it? The experience on my side, or you talk about, you know, the satisfaction that okay. we have as a professional? Uh, let's do both. Let's give it from... Do both. Well, uh, let's start from the most important one, so the, the professional point of view, because, yeah. you know, uh, we, are, we are launching a game. It was a risky operation. It was... Uh, we could have ended up doing a live stream with lagging cars. And yeah, you could have done. Yeah. Uh, basically, the first two races have been uh, we 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 did four live streams for uh, for each round, and yeah. this, has, uh, this probably they have been uh, you know I'm I'm on my part, but I think they have been the the best eight live streams that I've ever seen in sim racing for both for racing quality uh, for Paul and Chris comment uh, doing the, the the live commentary of of the race. Uh, for the environment, for the enthusiasm of people, I think it's just a miracle. It's a miracle due to the fact that uh, a, like, a, a guy like Alessio from AK, guys like you from Race Department and guys like us from Kunos uh, and guys from like the ones from SRO joined the forces to do something very fun. Okay. Uh, so I think that um, also the numbers are very impressive because mm. uh, watching all these people connected to a live stream uh, in a scenario where we are not spending money to promote uh, this thing, yeah. it just makes pretty clear that people are thirsty of these kind of experiences. Uh, people want this. Uh, and we will try to make it even better in the future with, you know, the game is getting more stable uh, now. We, we have released, we are hotfixing, and we will continue to, to improve it um, as much as we so can. What, so what's the rating out of 10 then, would you give it? Uh, sorry? Well, how would you rate it? If you were to rate it 1 out of 10, 2 out of 10, 5, you know, 8 out of 10... Where would, you, uh, 14, where would you score 14, it at the moment? Uh, 14 two, out of 10. I guess, so, so 14 out of 10? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You've got no room to improve then. Yeah, and, and also because I can't uh, avoid to mix it with personal life. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get you know, it. I think mixing, like, you know, but, spending but, but, a weekend talking with Paul, uh, with Chris, with Alessio, having a beer after one day of huge efforts to make the live stream happen because we yeah. are... We are doing things in a professionalism that is something similar to TV, but we are basically, you know, doing all other jobs during the week because I'm working on on marketing on, on with the team for development of the game, uh, on technical things, and uh, Paul is doing another job, and then we meet together and and we do something similar. It's just mm -hmm. rewarding. And then 
I have my history as a sim racer and looking something like this and thinking that maybe, you know, I, I someone would consider me um, the guy behind it. It's just that kind of honor that I will never forget. Yeah, so I was talking to Paul um, the other night when we recorded uh, episode eight of our podcast. You haven't listened, go and check it out. Um, and I said, you know, the, the diff- what I liked about the second event compared to the first one, there was that nice intro video there was a bit more. I didn't watch it live because I was busy, but I went and watched it back on the YouTube. And things you could see that you'd learn from round one, you know. And I, because I said to Paul that, you know, I, why are you on screen all the time and things like that? And I noticed that they were coming in and out, which I thought was better. The transitions were better. The intro piece I absolutely loved. And, and, and it's just like a fine wine. It's just going to get better with age. You're just going to learn from every single round, aren't you, David? You're just going to continue to improve. Yeah, uh, and uh, honestly, the uh, the nice thing about all of this is that we are continuing to uh, bring uh, on this 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 whole initiative, always with the same, let's say, <laughs> poor and low budget approach, but <laughs> yeah. in a in a in an yeah. optimized way that is improving every time. And yeah. you know what? People will be just with their mouth open and impressed by spa because yeah. we will have a very special location Sweet. Um, and for for the arena i mean it will be something yeah, yeah, yeah. really unique uh, you you will not believe that we did something like that basically with no money um so uh, obviously uh, you know um, ak informatica sros and pirelli's efforts are there to help us but uh, it, it yeah i love huge. i love the fact that people get the miniature tires for the fastest lap i I'd yeah. love one of those. On they my are so cool. It's unbelievable. They yeah, are so I think it's cool. a lovely little touch there. And I really love the fact they get to go on the podium. Yeah. I think that's a really good... And I guess that's the... You know, to the people that have been negative about... Coming back to my pre, one of my previous questions about, you know, the cost of flying out and everything else. So, but it's that, it's that whole package, isn't it? It's that experience. If you make the top three... You get yeah. to go and stand on that or you get the fastest lap. You get a reward for it and you get something that... A memory you'll never forget. Paul can witness uh, a very impressive thing. Paul can witness 36 selective sim racers, uh, of which 12 uh, are amateurs selected within the public, like, uh, you know, people coming to the circuit of all yeah. people like George Martin that is coming with uh, helping Transmaster with, you know, social th- stuff, but then... Uh, he also tries to qualify or silver drivers that are selected from from the web or uh, pro drivers Uh, we had 36 people that at the end of the race given that they could have had an accident uh, on on the esport race uh, they could have been you know cut uh, by by other drivers dive bombed everything also the 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 most uh, angry guy to at the end of the event came to me and told me, Davide, thanks for the experience. It was just amazing. Okay. And uh, obviously the guys on the podium were even better. They were yeah. hugging me. They were <laughs> uh, spraying champagne to race department guys, etc. You know, leaving this kind of story, it, it will make us different in the future because yeah. you, can, you can put money apart. You can work endlessly for something like this. It's a once in a... I mean- I still consider myself uh, a sim racing fan at heart. Although I do what I do at race department, it still very much feels like I am a, a member of the public side of things. And for me to come along and see this, 
And obviously I've got a job to do while I'm there, but it is, as Davide says, it's just a life, not a life change, it's a bit too dramatic, but it's a once in a lifetime experience to be involved in that, to be so close to the real thing, to be at the pinnacle of the virtual environment, to get onto the podium and just to be in the background of, or in the thick of the real world series. It's something that's so difficult to explain how good that feeling is and how our hobby, sim racing, can bring you to that place is quite, it's quite amazing. It's awe-inspiring. I'll never forget this season. If I never do anything like this again, this will live with me forever. And I think for the guys and girls competing in it, that must be even more special because you are... It's an, I've said it before in the commentary. They're in the rigs. There's 12 rigs. They can see the rivals. They've got a crowd and an audience around them. They've got real drivers popping in. They've got the live stream on the internet. They've got the commentary going over the top on the tannoy. It's as close to the real thing... I think, as you're ever going to get in a virtual environment. And then they're using software, which is a course of competition that's really detailed and really simulation orientated. It's, it's just phenomenal the way that you've decided to make that decision to go to the circuits and to immerse people in the atmosphere. I think yeah. that's the big difference between this and other esports series, which makes it so much more engaging for the audience and also for, for the participants. Yeah, I think this uh, is a reason um, that that uh, all all people that are listening us uh, should use to come and visit the arena at the track because uh, it, it is really something special. You know, it is something special yes, uh, when uh, at Monza. Uh, it has been something special uh, when uh, at Monza we set up the server with dynamic weather. So temperatures we, we were changing together with wind, uh, together with humidity, etc. And uh, we had drivers raising their hands and saying, "Guys, uh, during the warm-up, okay, so not in the race because uh, we, for for being more safe, we kept the race with a dry environment. But during the warm-up, we we set this server with dynamic weather, and uh, you 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 could observe sim racers." rising their hands and calling at you and saying, hey guys, there is the grip that is slowly increasing. Can I, can I know why? It seems like, you know, there's a bug or something. And you explain them that the temperature on the track is changing and they have to adapt. And you see their eyes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, with with impressed by by all of this because we can really make them feel, you know, in real life, and yeah. um, and people uh, surrounding the arena were you know explained, uh, were talked about uh, all this stuff, and they were impressed too. And people started to queue up and look at the esport warm up, pre practice, and qualifying with passion because with the same passion that they had when looking at the real race outside, you know. So doing this in a sim racing environment rather than uh, a normal, let's say, uh, video game is truly something special. So I'm guessing that as each round goes on, it's going to continue to evolve, evolve um, as you learn from each round. Um, what are your ambitions for SRO Esports? Where do you want it to end up? Do you want it to end up bigger and better next year to follow on? And will you start planning as soon as Barcelona's over or will you start planning two weeks before? 
Uh, no, I'm I'm already I already started to work on next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, both uh, let's say on a more serious and professional business development for for uh, our Assetto Corsa competizione. But on the other side, also because I want the series to be even more special. Um, you know, basically, it is not. Uh, again, I want to be transparent, and I want people to support us during this path. So what I would like to improve is basically the online engagement. So anticipating all of this um, to um, allow people to have fun during, you know, winter or cold seasons, mm-hmm. um, to engage them online, maybe to anticipate and to study some special format for the silver qualifications. And uh, uh, honestly, another thing I would like to do is involving real drivers. So at least uh, in some kind of activation on site, like, um, you know, uh, I'm thinking about this, but it will be something special if we can, if we can realize it uh, okay. together with SRO. So <clears throat> between now and the next round, which is in Misano, um, is there uh, anything you, you'd like to improve between the two rounds? Or are you quite happy with what went on in Paul Ricard? Well, the best, the, the next event will be Spa. Uh, we will skip oh, Misano. Oh, sorry, I got the yeah. dates mixed uh, up. Obviously, uh, yeah, one of the things uh, it can be, uh, that can be improved for the next year is basically doing this for every single round of the blend page this year. Right, okay. But, uh, you know, this year we chose the uh, races that were uh, the most attended. Yeah, because you didn't do Brands Hatch. That really upset me. Yeah. We, I'm about I, 30 minutes from Brands Hatch. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm upset too, but you know, yeah, because you could, you could have crashed at mine, so it would have, you know, like it would have been a free, <laughs> free place to stay. But um. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem is maybe I, I, I could have left you, or I could have uh, leave you also a, a simulator. But <laughs> 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 um, well, um, yes, please. You, you know, we really had uh, to choose uh, four main rounds and one mm. final, and so I simply went together with uh, with SRO for, for the yeah. biggest rounds. So Spa will be the next one. Uh, improvements. Well, uh, the, I'm, I'm pretty happy both with the arena and uh, with the broadcasting, with people that are... Com- um, You're just saying that because Paul's here. No, so you no, should. <laughs> really. Paul, Paul, and I'm not in love, but Paul is literally one of uh, of my new best friends. Yeah, he's a great uh, guy. Cheers, he's a, he, gen, genuinely, I mean, like, not blowing smoke up his backside. No, no. We got to really know each other at Sim Racing Expo because Paul and I were literally on our feet for hours and hours yeah. Uh, yeah. traipsing around trying uh, to get content for, for RD and... Yeah, we we didn't really get to enjoy the event, did we? We were working the whole thing. I think we literally got to see maybe five minutes of racing. That um, sounds familiar for this season, actually. We, we've not <laughs> seen any action yet, but it's good though. I mean, it's a passion. As David says, it's a passion thing. Yeah, we love we me personally and we as race department love sim racing. AK guys who set the arena up and organised most of the things love sim racing. Davide and the Kunos guys are the same. The people that come to race, the people that come to watch, and that shines through in absolutely everything that we do, I think, that we want this to succeed because we love what we do and we love the genre that we work in uh, or the genre that we participate in. Sorry, work's probably too strong a word. Uh, And that really shines through, and that's something that is amazing to see 
when you're actually at the venue and at the place and these and in terms of the broadcast it got better for Paul Ricard simply because we had a little bit more time than at Monza and at Spa we'll have even more time again so the broadcast will be even slicker the videos will be even more uh, and I think between the whole group there's some great talent and some great ideas and it's just a case of as we learn how things go and how as we learn how to work with each other the, the quality will get even bigger and better and the yeah. workflows will get smoother and more refined. Like I say, you could see, you could see that from the, between the first and the second round. I mean, I said yeah. it to you, yeah. didn't I? You know, you know me, I'm, I'm brutally honest. How, uh, do what do I you know, guys, what, I, what I'm not happy about uh, and I'm thinking about this right now because uh, we, we had, you, you know, at Kunos we had a, a so high pace um, in the last month that you really had to take a breath and think before... Uh, coming out with with uh, ideas that are not so you know cheap <laughs> because we are tired. <laughs> but uh, thinking about this, uh, what I want to improve for sure for 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 Spa's round is involving much more the public. I mean, uh, we had um, a very tight timing uh, with a lot of drivers that wanted to compete in Spa. Uh, everything will be kind of extended, you know, because we will be there from the Wednesday to the Sunday. Uh, the arena will be, uh, you know, used uh, much longer. And I would like people, so families, the public, etc., to discover sim racing. Uh, Get a to, go on the rigs, is that what you're saying? Yeah, experience yeah. the game and the rigs. And, and uh, you yeah. know, since uh, we are in uh, in years one for ACC, um you know, I don't think I will go for extreme endurance races with the game, but uh, for regarding fun, it would be really nice to organize something like a, a 12 hours on the simulators, maybe oh, yes. with, with some of the stuff, you know, not, not a competitive thing. I mean, competitive, but not official, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a bit of, just let, let people let their hair down, is the same. Yeah, yeah. 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 To, in, to, in, to enjoy it. But uh, going back um, before Paul interjected, Sorry. So that was the only thing you'd really improve. Is there anything else that you think that you look at the, the broadcast or is there anything about the game that you would think, oh, I'd like that to be ready for the next round? For me, I think the leaderboard stuff could be a little bit better. Like it's quite hard to track who's where when you're watching yeah. the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, well, regarding, you know, at the moment we are totally focused on on stability improvements because when you... Um, when you do this kind of transition from having a game that is delivered to uh, all the early adopters uh, mm. of the early access program and, and the betas. I am one of so those. So the, yeah. the beta hi. testers. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you end up with a with a game release in which you are delivering that to you know ten times more the people. Yes. So uh, your online services are are hugely increasing and uh, in in population. So. Uh, this is the kind of uh, problems that we we will have to face uh, during June. So, okay. um, making the game, uh, you know, as much stable as we can. I get that. I do. Un I do understand that angle because obviously, fundamentally, it's a game for sim racers. It's not fundamentally for broadcasted. So, I I, I get that. I do. Un obviously, I do understand obviously, that. we are getting the feedback from uh, from from 
broadcasting stuff. Uh, yeah. And let me say that the game at the moment is not bad at all in terms of broadcasting if you if you use the broadcaster mode in a certain way. If you press the tab key, you actually see the leaderboard with live gaps. Uh, yeah, with you the too. Split yeah, yeah. Uh, this is all part of an experience that we uh, also, you, we must improve also on the side of broadcasting uh, the game. Because also the guys that are uh, touching the broadcaster mode when broadcasting, started at Monza because the game was broadcasting for the first time uh, in there. Do you know that, oh, this is superb, uh, this is a real nice story. Do you know that uh, basically Monza was the first live streaming for Assetto Corsa Competizione in multiplayer with broadcaster mode? Yeah, I can imagine, because you had disabled it, hadn't you? Yeah. So yeah, because I tried the... to test it and you disabled it. Because yeah. we like to, we obviously at Race Department, we like, to, we like to do streams. And I'm currently talking with Joseph at the moment about doing some ACC streams because we get quite a lot of races in the races and it'd be, quite, be nice to kind of broadcast some of those. Yeah. So it, it was the first one. So also the guy that is uh, Joelle, that is uh, doing the director, mm -hmm. uh, that is successfully doing that for AC1's um, Porsche E-Carrera Cup in Italy because they work with AK Informatica. Um, for that and he's getting experienced with the game and you know sometimes I go there I tell him okay you can do also this this and this this camera you can transition this way and you know uh, everyone must improve and so I think yeah we can work on the leaderboard absolutely I, I put uh, ourselves on, on first position on pole position for that but again we must be realistic and keep uh, the right focus on developing the game in a stable way. Uh, doing uh, a broadcasting and UI development to make the game look better on an aesthetic point of view, it would be pure narcissism because, <laughs> uh, you know, it would be, you know, going around the problem and not launching through that. When we started the refactoring of part of the code of ACC during Early Access 5, if the release, uh, it was a brave move. But it was because we are not going there, uh, going out there and selling something to people because we want them to buy. We want to do a proper simulation, uh, a work, a good working game, a stable one, something that is not gonna hurt people when 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 they use it. And then we can spend time, maybe you know, looking at things that. Uh, can make us more beautiful and more trendy. Yeah. Uh, but at the moment, we are looking somewhere else. We are looking to allow people one time, uh, and this moment will come, I'm sure, with ACC. Uh, we want to uh, allow people to do a 24-hour race gotcha. without the game, you know, crashing. crashing. This is the yeah. objective. Maybe we will never realize it, but... I don't know, because it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? Because like I mentioned before, you, I mean, you've got so many different hardware, CPUs, GPUs, yeah. mice keyboards, you know, USB ports. I mean, yeah. that's got to be a huge challenge to, to, you to know, realize when, that. When, like, it's just like when we read about uh, people with triple monitor uh, yeah. complaining because, you know, Unreal Engine has been a, a key move for us because it allows us to spend more time on developing game features and physics mm -hmm. and less time on doing maintenance of the graphics part or the gra graphics engine that for AC1 was made completely by us. Uh, so at the moment, um, it is important for us to understand that ac and accept that uh, Unreal is bringing new challenges to us. 
Um, we respect uh, triple screen users. Uh, some of us are triple screen users and for some of the time, obviously they have uh, two monitors uh, shut down, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, given that um, we, 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 we are dealing with uh, R&D uh, to, uh, to work on, on some solutions, uh, we found out this uh, Panini projection thing. So basically now if you go into ACC 1.0, you can find the screen distortion under the view settings. Basically, it, ca- it allows uh, to triple monitor users to deform the image. Okay, And also if it's not a dedicated rendering per monitor, it really helps. And this is all time that we invested in doing something like this, yeah. rather than having a, a brilliant and shapey broadcasting mode that, yes, okay. obviously can yeah. help. But Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking from a race department point of view, I'm just being, you know, extra greedy because that's what, you know, what matters to me. But obviously there are other users out there that where the, 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 the monitor, triple monitor aspect does matter to them. The VR matters to me. I'm a VR user. I mean, yeah. You know, I think there's still some... I mean, I've seen you've updated today public beta 1.0.2 yeah, has been released. we have a, a small, a very small, so yeah. don't expect anything, yeah. but we have a small surprise for VR users coming with, with the next Office. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so it, it's not... Share, don't explode, us. don't overhype yourself, be calm, you know, think through your yeah. daily life tomorrow, but... It will be a nice candy yeah, for Yeah, I've actually, I've actually raced ACC. I've got a 34-inch monitor, uh, which I adore. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've got to say, uh, it's, it's, a, it's genuinely a great, a great experience. I've had a couple of disconnects here and there, but you know, it was in early access. I haven't played, I haven't played version 1 or version 1.101 yet because yeah. <laughs> I've just been too busy. But um, okay, so that's good updates. Um, how have SRO themselves... Um, received the esports. What what have the comments been from 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 them? Uh, huge. Um, in both rounds, Mister Stefan Rattel, that uh, is the uh, entrepreneur and yep. the Behind man giving SRO, the name. He, yeah. yeah, SRO is uh, Stefan Rattel organizations organization. Uh, he, he came to the booth at Monza, and uh, really, I'm so said that I didn't have my smartphone ready with the camera because he, he did a face like, you know, he was totally, totally amazed. Uh, I, I think he had the same reaction when he first saw a paddock with uh, the SRO named uh, Hospitality. <laughs> so, uh, it, he, he was very happy. Uh, and um, I invited him to to look at you know the the behind the scenes, so the backstage with all the uh, director and race direction area with uh, the desk that Paul mm-hmm. and Chris are using to comment the race. Yeah, and uh, he was totally amazed, and uh, that's why I'm so not just hopeful, but also pretty sure that in the for the next year we can do something special because uh, Mr. Stefan Rattel, uh, Anthony from the marketing department, Juliette, that is uh, a very young uh, internship girl but is giving all her art to work on this esports stuff. Uh, they have been uh, the, really one of the best teams I've worked with. So they are very amazed from, from the game, amazed from the initiative and very passionate about what they do. Good, good, good. Um, 
yeah, it's it, it's just lovely to hear about there's this whole community aspect behind SRO Esports, which Paul and Chris and Bram and... And, um, and Steve as well, of Steve, course. Steve, thank you. Steve. Yeah, yeah. I've never met Steve, but, um, you know, yeah, behind Steve's the scenes... Yeah, Steve's a good guy, putting, done some brilliant... And, and everything that you guys at, at Kunos do, I don't think people realise what really is involved with putting on something like this. It's a phenomenal... I mean, it's a phenomenal effort. There's all the people working incredibly hard. I mean, Paul Ricard uh, was a night race... So I think the racing finished at midnight, was it, Davide? And we uh, we were out taking in the sights and the sounds, came back to the Eastport Park. Bear in mind that these people had been working from 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, and they still had the game park open for members of the public to drive at 12 o'clock at night. So it's a 12-hour day. It's longer than a 12-hour day that they've had. 16-hour day uh, maintaining these rigs and letting people have an experience. And that's the sort of things you don't see, but that's phenomenal commitment to uh, well sharing our hobby and our passion with the wider wider members of public. And you could see there were some little kids there, weren't they, Davide, when we came back in a little bit earlier on, about 11 o'clock. Some little kids, their eyes are massively wide open, can't wait to go and replicate what their favourite drivers are doing out on the real track. And that's a heartwarming experience because they're the next generation of sim racers that are going to grow our industry uh, again in years to come. Bringing it to the people, some might say. David, I've got a question for you. Uh, well, a little bit, like my, a little bit more about yourself, actually. Uh, I guess you've got a sim racing rig at home. Yeah. So what, what have you got? Well, well how, uh, and how got, often do you actually I, get to race? <laughs> Yeah, I have an East, I have some history also on that side because I've been um, a triple monitor user, then yeah. single, then again triple, then single back again because I'm not a VR house. user, no? Uh, I'm a VR user for testing purposes. Uh, right. I, I love VR. Yes. Uh, so but, do I. you know, uh, I have to. Uh, obviously, test the game the most of yeah, the time you know, I, in yeah, the I, most I yeah. uh, normal and iconic scenario. So sometimes I also test VR. Um, but uh, obviously, yes, our VR developers are. are so using basically, that what you're more. saying is when you when you're in your rig, you're basically testing your own game. Is that what you're saying most of the time? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or doing some little benchmarking that we do very rarely, right. but. Uh, yeah, basically, I, I, I run Assetto Corsa competition at the 99.9% of the time. What? Uh, okay, okay, so what, what the rig, other games do you play then? Uh, other games? Well, yeah, I've other sim a, racing games, yeah. What, what, uh, well, what, sim racing what other games, games do you respect, I guess, or admire? Uh, well, respect uh, every game, because yeah. especially now that I know what... what What's behind, you know? Mm -hmm. um, in the past, uh, I've been um, obviously a, a sim racing drivers from from an age because from when I was twelve, so it's something like twenty yeah. years, eighteen years, um, and everything. Uh, when I was a kid, I was I was testing for the first times Grand Prix, and then obviously all the all the sim racing titles that that went out, like you know. R Factor, GTRs, yeah, uh, Race 07, yeah. everything, everything. And obviously Gran Turismo, um, basically everything. But I perfectly remember the first day I tried uh, Assetto Corsa technology preview uh, in the FAR 2012. Uh, I was uh, a YouTuber at that time. Uh, I've been a YouTuber for four years, not as a, as a job, 
but while uh, I was studying and graduating at mechanical engineering, okay, um, I was I, I was um, you know doing battlefield commentaries, uh, PC hardware reviews, um, and uh, and Assetto Corsa videos, and I was totally you know impressed by by AC1 uh, when it came out. Um, and uh, the nice thing is that I met the Kunos guys for the first time as a YouTuber because I was invited together with uh, Paul, uh, Race Department, etc. at the first uh, launch event uh, for AC1 in which oh, we wow. were uh, in Vallelunga on the track. And his hair hasn't changed, has it? Uh, sorry? His hair. Oh, so yeah, right. It hasn't changed, has it? I, yeah. missed, I missed the opportunity to drive sports cars at Vallelunga. Instead, I got the press conference at Monza. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and that's yeah, where you're, you're, like, that's the first time you met the Kunos guys. Yeah, yeah, I met them there. Uh, and uh, I started um, a friendship with Marco, uh, most of the time joking about things. And uh, he knew that uh, I wanted to join Kunos. Uh, with all my efforts. Uh, I was graduate, graduating at mechanical engineering at uh, that time, uh, and then I did it. Uh, I started working at um, Sparco as, a, as an R&D uh, engineer for, mm-hmm. for carbon fiber, you know, EEM market. And then I went to the racing department for uh, R&D, and, uh, and then I started the, the gaming business together with, with other things that I were doing for, for the racing environment and and you know it all uh, the circle closed the ring closed because i remember inviting marco to uh, let's say a very uh, elite event in motorsports uh, related to a very big brand and uh, he was impressed by what i organized what i achieved with with certain products and uh, and so he, he started thinking that maybe i was ready to come on board and help him and uh, I'm I'm super proud of this. Uh, coming back to the rig that I use at home, yeah, uh, I use products that I developed <laughs> together with my former team at Sparco. So I'm oh, using wow. a, a Sparco Evolve um, that um, you know we designed in a, in a very few time to test uh, the market, but with all the passion that uh, it was needed to to do it, and um, you know it was kind of tough because the. At the beginning, the you know we had problems with costs, uh, basically. Um, but now you know the product is going pretty good. Um, a lot of people like it. Um, obviously, I'm driving also with the gloves that I developed, so the hypergrip gloves from Sparco. <laughs> and, Amazing. Uh, and uh, I, regarding the wheels, uh, I have to admit uh, I change it uh, pretty often. Uh, what the wheel itself or the base? Uh, for, uh, for the yeah, also the base. I change right. it pretty often for compatibility tests. So I use okay. for, uh, for right, the shears for the others. But uh, let's say at the moment, uh, or if I have to race, I uh, at, at the moment I using a CSW two point five. Okay, yeah, alternating that with a Thrustmaster. So nice. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, well, in 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 some days I will have a secret product at home that uh, <gasps> I will test for the first time, and you you guys are unaware of that. So, <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, Ooh, pretty, exciting uh, times. Yeah, lucky, lucky man. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, on, and this is another nice thing. Uh, I feel super lucky because I know that when I will open that box, 
I, I will feel like, okay, I'm the only one in the world looking <laughs> at this product, at this new Okay, product. all right, stop rubbing it in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, I've uh, just got a Logitech T27. That's all I'm uh, stuck with. <laughs> but the problem is that, obviously, it is work over work because uh, I will have also to give feedback yeah. about that stuff together with... Yeah, but you you'll still to... enjoy yourself a little bit though, won't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't try and make us feel sorry for you. It's not going to work. No, okay. okay. <laughs> Let's stop this. <laughs> um, Paul, you got any... I mean, that's kind of my questions. You got any further questions that you'd like to... I think for me, with? it's not really a question. It's more a request to try and share with the listeners just the... We've kind of touched on it already, but just the excitement and the energy uh, of being involved in something like the SRO eSport GT series and why you've taken the decision to do it on site rather than the more traditional online side of things. It's because it's difficult because I've seen myself I'm there. It's such an amazing experience. I kind of want everyone to understand a little bit of how I guess a behind the video a behind the scenes video might do that. It's, uh, well watch it's out basically you know it's because I give uh, a very high value to the lifetime. Honestly, we have uh, we don't we don't know what's gonna happen in uh, yeah. you know at the end, and you really have to uh, to entertain yourself and to do all the possible efforts to do what you do daily with mm-hmm. the biggest amount of passion that you can, and uh, I think uh, it's um, it's a must uh, in our position of game developers to dedicate our life to enjoy life, so to enjoy ourselves. Uh, but also to try to make people involved into this uh, excitement. So that's the whole thing, you know. Uh, I don't want to bring people in, into an arena and uh, squeeze money out of them and make them buy popcorns and tickets. I want sim racer to fill the truck. I want sim racers to uh, to become my new friends uh, on track to ever walk in the paddock and to, you know, uh, looking at life from a different perspective. That's, if you're looking that, for friends, I'll be your friend. I mean, I'm quite happy if you send me like a Yeah, like just a come nice, to spa. A nice Take wheel. your car and yeah. come to spa. <laughs> um, I mean, thinking about the rounds coming up, I mean, we, you've got spa, you've got Misano, but I think the big one for you is going to be surely Nürburgring when you're going to have plenty of sim races there yes, because of the sim racing expo. That's going to be a huge opportunity for you guys, surely. Yeah, uh, we are, we are um, already set up to, say, with, with some conversations to organize it. Um, we will have to manage it because obviously we will have some space inside the sim expo. Yeah, But it will be very difficult to install uh, all the arena inside the the. the you know, the 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 Nurburgring uh, trade show uh, place. Uh, so and also, you know, this this whole thing is running around with uh, SROs facilities uh, and uh, and paddock. So we will have to decide where to run the competition. But for sure, yeah. it will be the hu- the biggest meeting from between sim yeah, racers because you're and have, racers. You know, you you have to. Every a lot of sim races are going to descend on that location. Yeah, uh, for that for that long weekend. 
yeah. And yeah. it's busy, isn't it? We've been a couple of years now, and it's a very busy venue with a lot of... There's a lot of sim racers, but more importantly, because of where the Expo's placed, there's a lot of lads and dads. So there's yeah. a lot of young lads going there with the fathers that have been to see some racing that maybe don't know what sim racing is all about. So this is a, a huge opportunity to uh, show people what sim racing can be. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's quite Huge exciting. Definitely. And then Barcelona is the final, which I'm, which is going to be a fitting circuit for uh, for the final round. And um, I'm sure you'll have big things planned for, for that as well, won't you? Yeah, if we're going to survive Spa, we will get <laughs> <laughs> to Nürburgring and then we will get also to, to Barcelona. Yeah, I've, I'm I've, very curious about the finalists uh, because, you know, yes. with, with uh, Spa, uh, the ideas will be a bit more clear. On, on who's gonna who's gonna go there yeah um, and uh, obviously Barcelona will be kind of special um, because the the location will be hopefully hot uh, and, oh god uh, I hope so <laughs> yeah with with a very hot environment also in Spain so um, yeah I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to and it will be also the the only round of the whole series in which Basically, the most of the drivers are podium drivers from the previous rounds and are not selected on site. So on site, we can do you know different activations mm-hmm. and uh, challenges between guests. Uh, maybe uh, I, I would like to organize a, a staff dedicated race uh, oh, in no. Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, where Paul we, can embarrass himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah best exactly. get, I best start practicing then. Yeah, yeah, you better. Yeah, yeah. I, I have said to Paul that's the, that's the one round I'm hoping to um, to pay a visit to. I don't know if I can make Nurburgring this year, but um, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be. You know, I've I've enjoyed, like I say, watch. I watched uh, Monza live, um, and I watched uh, the YouTube coverage of round two, and and they've been really, really um, exciting. I guess the only other thing for me, which you know, I don't know if you if you've got any plans to do something about it, but everybody seemed to be in the same car, <laughs> Paul Ricard, and it wasn't really like watching the real blank pan. Um, We've had this know, discussion over after show drinks, haven't we, David? Uh, <laughs> is that something that bothered you as well, or is that something you're comfortable with? Or do you have any thoughts on that? On being in the same car with, sorry. Well, it, it, it looked like the same cars were constantly racing against each other. We had a lot of Lexus, BMW, yeah. Lamborghinis oh, yeah, last yeah. time round. Uh, let's say, obviously, it is not so comfortable for us because, um, you know, we we did BOP in the game. Yeah. Um, Aris is doing that on a handling point of view because he has control over, you know, what, what's inside the car in terms of horsepower, in terms of uh, brakes, dimensions, and... Uh, air ducts, wings, and all the kind of things that are limited in in, in the balance of the of, of a car. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did the cars that are, you know, very close to reality. Uh, but obviously, then he had to do a a little, you know, top up because uh, in real life, you know. Let's let's go very straightforward and, and honest with this. Uh, cars are not perfectly balanced because yeah. you can hide yourself pretty well during a, a BOP uh, session. For example, uh, there were teams in Port Ricard that were very happy that they didn't do a great qualification or race 
because they can arrive to spa with a better BOP. <laughs> so right. uh, in gaming, obviously, uh, in sim racing, we have to act uh, on another level. So basically, Aris balanced uh, the cars. Uh, the last top-up of BOP was to balance the cars, re- in, in, really, okay, in all the circuits. And uh, Aris uh, was telling me at Monza that basically the, the difference between cars on the same track is um, under two tenths of second. Um, so I, w- I'm, I was expecting people at in, to, to drive cars a bit more and to arrive with different choices rather yeah. than choosing the same. Um, we tried to incentivate a different car choice uh, yeah. by putting Aris, uh, suggesting the setup uh, in the first race. And we will do the same at Spa. Unfortunately, for Paul Ricard, Aris wasn't there because he wanted to um, take care of the launch of the game from yeah, home. Yeah, understood, yeah. And from the headquarter. And, and so uh, we simply set up the, the special event for the selections of the AM class with the Lexus. And we ended up uh, with people using the Lexus because they were racing with that and uh, pro drivers that... Uh, at home practiced with the Lexus right. because yeah. they wanted to uh, put down a good redraft uh, odd stint in case they were eliminated from the semifinal. So that's the point. Uh, for sure, we will have to change something from the silver special event, uh, on, uh, you know, maybe weather condition or something so that uh, people will get there with a, with a reset situation. And um, in Spa, there will be Aris suggesting the cars to people. Uh, people selecting uh, a car uh, will have the, the right to be helped by Aris for the setup um, with telemetry and all. And uh, I want to build up something even more special for them if they choose uh, uh, different cars. So obviously, this is something we will manage uh, very well for the next season and we will try to manage at best for this season. And that's the okay, key, yeah. isn't it? It's next. This is a... Although it's a really good show and a really good championship, season one is the learning season. Yeah, this definitely. is a big takeaway about the car selection and that's something that can be changed through taking those lessons or revisions to the rules and everything for the following year. So it's, it's definitely something that's a slow burner for future. More than yeah, it's just, you know, I don't, it's, it's, just, it's just hard as a viewer for me just to... Because it doesn't matter they're all running the same car swatch, it's more the skins element. It's you know, hard for a commentator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it must make it hard for Paul as well. Because So it's just something that I, yeah, that, and I know that, you know, there's been comments around that as well online. And it's a fair one, really, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a fair comment if you say that uh, Paul Ricard's final was the Lexus race, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> But it's something for future that we can get sorted. Yeah. It's one yeah, of those, of course it is. Yeah. It's a good yeah. takeaway, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an absolutely fantastic um, event so far. And like you say, it's, you know, as Paul says, it's still early, it's still early doors. It's just, you know, it's just great to see such development already between round one and round two. So I'm excited to see what you're going to do with Spa. I genuinely am. Um, Davide, have you got any final words, anything else you want to add before we bring this to a close? Well, just a big thank you uh, to any member of the uh, race department community uh, supporting this initiative, watching the live streams and hopefully coming to the next uh, rounds. Uh, You are just great because uh, the only reason why we do all of this 
um, you know, is not promoting the game to these uh, 2,000 people that are uh, looking at the live stream because they're all pretty much uh, customers already. But um, it's because we are hyped from, for, from your enthusiasm uh, around this initiative. So just come on site, let's have a beer together. Um, if we don't drive, obviously, and uh, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, enjoy no, the time. No, yeah, for no drink driving, guys, yeah. So um, thank you for hosting me. Oh, we all, oh you're yeah, welcome. Thank, thank you, you much for coming along. And on, and on that note, you just said there, I got a friend of mine who's you know not really a sim racer, but um, I got him to buy a Seto Corsa, um, and he loved it. Um, and then when Competizione got um, uh, early access, I said you'll want to buy this, and so he did. So yeah, I, <laughs> I got you a customer. Don't worry, um, <laughs> Paul. Um, you got anything further you'd like to add before we bring this to a close? No, I think that's it for me. Just again to say thank you uh, to Davide for coming on the show today. And also thank you to Kunos and everybody involved in bringing ACC to life, uh, bringing the SRO eSport GT series to life. And uh, everybody else who enjoys it and engages about it when we're talking about it on the forums or we post an article, it's been awesome. I've I've absolutely loved every aspect of it so far and I'm looking forward to the rest yeah and thank you Paul for the blog um, that you wrote after the trip as well I thought <laughs> that was really cheek good little piece yes yeah <laughs> and if you haven't already I know we mentioned in the last episode but do go and check out um, Mr Chris Hayes um, uh, vlog that he posted um, you'll get to see him wearing a very fancy cap so, Indeed. Um, yeah, uh, and for me, David A, thank you very much for taking some time out to talk to us. It's been really appreciated. It's been lovely to hear the enthusiasm and the detail that I don't think people really get to see um, that goes into an event like this. Um, and I know it isn't easy and it must be hard sometimes hearing the negative feedback, but I'm sure it's going to be worth it in the end and the effort that you're putting in. So... Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. It's been really great to hear from you. Um, and to you listeners out there, thank you once again for joining us. Um, hit subscribe. Uh, please leave us a review. Don't forget to check out racedepartment.com and also check us out on our Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Search for Race Department. Um, thank you once again to David Day for joining us, Paul Jeffrey. I've been Paul Glover. This has been the Race Department Podcast. Cheerio. <laughs>